0: three two one you ready you listening to the real pineapple podcast network This is your humble host Hunter. So, okay, I really wasn't gonna even talk about this. I was gonna save it for uh, when I got on Twitch next month. Uh, by the way, quick update on that: my uh, my friend who is uh, designing the stuff for the pot uh, for the uh, Twitch stream had some stuff happen in their personal life, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and basically delay the stream until uh august so i will be hopping on twitch still it's still gonna happen um i might be taking a small break from the actual podcast so i might just be doing twitch but uh, i'll keep you all updated on that because i have a lot of stuff in the vault uh, as it's become known that i want to get uploaded so y'all can hear but uh all that all that aside um we got to talk about the strike um <laughs> we really need to talk about the strike so as most of you probably know at this point, uh, the, the uh, SAG, uh, the Screen Actors Guild, and then the WGA, which is the Writers Guild of America, they are both currently striking. And the writers have been striking for, as of this recording, over 70 days, which is fucking wild to me. And the big thing that's really been driving me nuts about this are the misconceptions that I'm seeing online. Obviously, whenever anything comes out, there will always be some morons who go ahead and say the completely wrong thing and don't know what the hell they're talking about and are just parroting talking points they're hearing from whomever they go ahead and get their information from. So unfortunately, it's always bound to happen. But I figured that as someone who's been doing this podcast for what will be 10 years next April, someone who really loves film and loves the medium and loves you know the the people the players who go ahead and bring these writers scripts to life and you know loving to learn about the producers and directors and and all of that and everyone who assembles uh to become a part of this team to bring any sort of film to light i really felt like it was important for me to use my voice and kind of talk about this and hopefully inform some people who you know just don't know what the hell is going on and hopefully educate some people who have some very wrong ideas on what is actually going on so just for the record to get this out of the way but because i can already hear people in the comments going oh you have a dog in this fight so let me make this clear as a content creator i will always have content to review there are so many there's so much shit that i want to watch and review for y'all that i just have not had a chance to You know, I still need to go through the next, oh god, five Scream movies. I haven't watched all the Scream films yet. Actually, I've seen one and two, but uh, I don't have reviews done for, you know, two through six. I haven't reviewed those yet. I haven't reviewed, you know, the Shrek films. I haven't reviewed uh, Warrior. Uh, Shout out to Nick over at the Afternoon Tune. Uh, Warrior is a great fucking show, by the way. You know, I haven't reviewed season three, I don't think, of Harley Quinn, so I'm behind on that. But I will never run out of content. There is always going to be content for people who do this and occupy, you know, this space, the space that I'm very lucky to be uh, a part of. There will always be content for us review because there's never going to be content. Like, content will never run out, regardless of the strike. There will always be content around. But that's really not the point because, again, I don't have a dog in this fight in the sense of I'm not a member of the Writers Guild of America, I'm not a SAG member. I'm just a content creator, um, a great one, might add, but a content creator nonetheless, and so when I see people going, well, this is all about, you know, the actors being greedy, and, and and the writers being greedy, let me, let's roll that back a little bit, because I, I I really think that when people think about Screen Actors Guild, they're thinking about people like Angela Angel Jolie, like Denzel, like, uh, you know, Florence Pugh, uh, people like that those a list celebrities who are making you know commandeering 20 30 40 million dollars a film i I, okay yeah do those people exist absolutely but when you think about small-time actors when you think about people who are you know struggling just to get short films financed uh we're thinking about you know people who are uh you know directors who are just trying to get you know short documentaries made not everything is a 200 million dollar Blockbuster, and I and I think that because of the era we're in, I mean, it's special because we're in summer as well. I think people forget that, and I think that's absolutely insane that people have such a narrow view. Not every actor or actress is commandeering that much money. Some people are making, you know, a hundred thousand, you know, or, or 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 you know, maybe even five thousand if it's like a short film or couple hundred bucks, I mean, it's it's crazy, like, the, the the salaries and the ranges of such are all over the place, so when you think about, and, and, and I do think that, again, a large part of it is because we have that Hollywood glamour associated with it, where we think everyone who works in Hollywood is making, you know, a, a wage way beyond what you need to live, and that's not the case at all, especially when it comes to writers, um, the writer on uh, She-Hulk, who I want to make sure I got their uh, their name, uh, C- uh, Cody uh, Ziegler, who, uh, who has written for uh, Futurama and Robot Chicken and Marvel Comics. Uh, he also, uh, but he wrote the episode of Daredevil or of uh, She-Hulk that brings Daredevil into the fold. And they went ahead and talked about the fact that they have made, I have the dollar amount here, $300 and 96 dollars in residuals for writing that episode which look I dug the hell out of She-Hulk um, the reviews up on the channel by the way but the fact that that's a episode that's a series that ran what 10 episodes you make 396 dollars that's damn near what I made for my quarterly bonus for my day job uh yesterday <laughs> I just got that confirmed I think I made like 330 so I'm only about six, I'm about six, Uh, you know, just under $70 short of what this guy is making for writing a show that is being streamed by millions of people, which is insane when you take the half step back and think about it. Since I'm talking about Disney, I need to talk about Bob Iger real quick, because Bob Iger, what he said on CNBC's Squawk Box uh, a couple days ago on Thursday morning pretty much in a nutshell highlights my giant problem with this whole strike in general. So, let me read his quotes. I want to make sure I'm quoting him correctly. So I'm going to read all this exactly verbatim from what he said. It's very disturbing to me. We've talked about disruptive forces on this business and all the challenges we're facing. The recovery from COVID, which is ongoing. It's not completely back. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. I understand any labor organization's desire to work on behalf of its members to get the most compensation and be compensated fairly based on the value that they deliver. We manage as an industry to negotiate a very good deal with the director's guild that reflects the value that the directors contribute to this great business. We wanted to do the same thing with the writers, and we'd like to do the same thing with the actors. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic, and they are adding to the set of the challenge of of the challenges that this business is already facing that is, quite frankly, very disruptive. All right, so I have talked about at length about, you know, obviously my love of the MCU, but if you listen to the podcast for a decent amount of time, I will also take Disney to task because I I have friends that work or have worked at Disney and I've heard about the conditions and what you have to go through. And straight up, the fact that Disneyland tickets, because I have Google up here, they start at $83, and I'm talking about just Disneyland, not Disney World. Disneyland tickets start at around $83 and can reach $179, and that fluctuates based on the day of the week and the time of the year and all that, so that's not even completely accurate, but just to give you you know, somewhat of a floor. And if you go ahead and do a quick Google search on what the average Disneyland employee makes, uh, as of July sixth of this year, the average hourly pay for a Disneyland cast member in California is thirteen eighty three an hour. Thir- Let me say that again, thirteen eighty three an hour for all the shit. For as big as that park is, that's what you're making. That's insane to me. So just off of that alone. Bob Iger's a greedy asshole. So let's just start there with how he's paying his park employees. But then when you think about the fact that for all these Marvel projects, for all these Pixar projects, for all the things that Disney owns and has access to, if you don't have a script, you can't make these projects. Period. It stops there. If you don't have a script, you don't have uh you don't have Iron Man. And yes, I understand Iron Man. A large part of it was improv but you're not always going to be lucky enough to have someone like rob down jr and jeff bridges on film on set who are able to improv uh elements you're not going to be lucky you're not always gonna be lucky enough to have someone like a john favreau who's able to pull those pieces together you need a fucking script at, at the at the fucking minimum, a fucking skeleton script so you know where you're heading so you're not just going into a $200 million project blind, because we've seen what happens when those scripts aren't tight uh, looking at you, Flash but, but but, for Iger to say what he said is absolutely tone-deaf it's fucking vile to, 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 to be quite frank and to pull up his salary here what did he make last year uh let me see so Iger made less in 2022 but that's because uh Chapik was uh the one in charge before Iger came back into the fold but in 2021 Bob Iger made fucking 45.9 million dollars are you fucking kidding me that that that's insane that's absurd And when you think about what writers are making, writers are typically, if, if you just do a quick Google search on the history of Hollywood, you know how often and how underpaid writers have been for, for years, for hell, for decades. When we think back to the, uh, the, the, the the last strike, which was like, what was that? Like 15 years ago, uh, which is when, uh, you know, you had Conan O'Brien doing all this, you know, weird shit, which was awesome. But, That's really what led to the whole rise of reality TV, because you don't need, quote, writers, unquote, for reality TV. You can just throw a bunch of, you know, hapless people into a very bad situation or, you know, throw on Temptation Island and go act, you know, or just be yourselves. So that's why we have so much reality TV now, which is something the industry has never really recovered from, because... My God, there's so many reality TV shows now. It's it's fucking absurd. It's fucking gross. And while I think it's an absolute fucking dumpster fire, I really would encourage y'all who aren't aware of what's going on, go on Twitter and just look up, like, like one one person I'll shout out here, just because I was I was on Twitter earlier, is a Derek Russo. He went ahead and he, you can find him on Twitter at uh, DRusso97. He went ahead and worked on Loki. Uh, doing some stunt work on there. And he talked about the fact that uh, he's not getting residuals, the fact that uh, he's getting minimum uh, uh, minimum wage at, at points. Um, I'm seeing here where he tweeted about how, even on his most recent film, he was, quote, overscale, um, but that was only $200 a week over the minimum. Like, he... Like these people aren't getting paid well which just again the whole capitalism aspect of this is fucking disgusting but going back to what i was saying about the writers and a lot of people need to uh, a lot of people tend to forget Back going back to the writers is that not everyone is a member of the wga uh, the writers of good old america some people are working non-union so just to read here from variety um, a guild member uh, for a writing producer at the minimum back in the nineteen 2019-2020 uh, uh, television season was uh, $6,967 a week. In 2023 now, it's uh, 8184 But again, that's if you're part of the Writers Guild of America, which everyone isn't. Um, but then the other portion that really isn't getting talked about, I don't think nearly enough, is that... Um, The whole strike, one of the big cruxes of it is the whole artificial intelligence aspect. And this is where I really get pissed off because the amount of people who I've seen have this take, go woke, go broke. Well, if Hollywood wasn't trying to, you know, force their leftist agenda, why should they get paid? First off, it's your art. No matter what, you should get paid for it. It doesn't matter what I think of it or what you think of it. If you're putting time into writing an 80, 90, 100-page script, whether it's for, you know, a summer blockbuster or a miniseries or what have you, if you've put in the work, you deserve to get paid fairly, period. I cannot understand why this is such a hard concept for people to wrap their fucking heads around. You should get paid for the work you do. You wouldn't go ahead and redo you know redo someone's fucking yard and and then just tell uh well you know you believe in this so i can't pay you like that's fucking bullshit uh second off the people who are saying well we haven't had great films in years what the fuck are you talking about dungeons and dragons came out this year how to blow up a pipeline came out this year john wick chapter four came out this year Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 came out this year. Creed 3 came out this year. Uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, even though I'm not over the moon about it. Damn Good Flick, that came out this year. Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, that came out this year. Fucking Spider Verse came out this year. Trust me, there is plenty of great film out there. But at the same time, y'all, some of y'all need to learn how to actually do some research. and and just fucking look on a best of list for people there are so many best of lists on on letterbox like letterbox is a great resource to find some films that you just may not be familiar with um you know while i talk about myself you know in in my film and i do my best to highlight uh you know some films that just may not be on your radar check out check out the afternoon tune they do a great job over there shout out to nick and josh and dusk but they go ahead and do, uh, do a great job over there. I mean, God, who else? Check out the Black Stubs. Uh, you can find the Black Stubs wherever you listen to stuff. Black Stubs are amazing. And there are there are plenty of content creators out there, and Letterboxd uh, people that you can follow that will give you great films to watch. They're out there. You need to just learn to look. It's so simple. Just type in new releases in the Google. Like, do some research for yourself, people. But going back to the whole AI thing, one thing that really disturbs me is what Hollywood was proposing, which uh, SAG went absolutely fucking not, but the, uh, the Screen Actors Guild was saying that uh, these actors who are striking are saying that Hollywood studios want to perpetually use AI-generated replicas of actors for one day's pay. So to break that down a little bit, basically you would go into a room, they would scan your likeness and they would own it and that would be it so when you think about and i'll just use this film as an example when you think about something like aquaman where you know when they're in atlantis there are you know all those merd people and all those different species and what have you where there are a lot of actors there that you obviously won't know or won't recognize but they use those actors and actresses and and you know fish people and all that to go ahead and fill uh, go and fill the, fame, uh, the, the frame so that, you know, it looks bigger and you see all the people and all, and, and, and what have you. Uh, they used to be called, you know, extras, which admittedly is, is rather demeaning. So now the term that you see used uh, more often than not are uh, background actress or background actor, which which admittedly does sound better. It makes you feel like you're a part of the team as opposed to, you know, uh, using the term extra. And what's so crazy about that is that, so there's this uh, little indie actor, you might have heard of him. His name is Rad Pitt. Um, God, he's handsome. Uh, God, has he always been handsome? Uh, anyways, my point. Uh, but he was, his first acting gig was as, an, as a background actor. Uh, he was billed as a party goer slash preppy guy at fight in this 1987 film called Lesson Zero, right? So that's 1987. From 1987, he goes ahead and he does an episode of 2021 Jump Street. He goes ahead and does an episode of Head in the Class. Oh my gosh, I remember Head in the Class. Uh, does, an ep- uh, does a couple episodes of Growing Pains. And then of course, in 91, about four years later, he goes ahead and gets Delma and Louise, right? Back in 87, is someone... you know if a Hollywood exec came up to Brad Pills like oh my gosh like you did a great job on did a great job great job on Lesson Zero we're gonna go ahead and scan your likeness now and we'll give you you know let's just say you know 10 grand 20 grand for someone who is getting peanuts and might be brand new to Los Angeles and might be brand new to you know just the whole industry 10,000 is gonna sound like oh my god $10,000 hell yeah But if you go ahead and you sign your likeness over, what happens, you know, five years from now when you're like, oh, I'm up for this major, you know, this major uh, role in a franchise, uh, you know, over at Universal, let's say Paramount were the people who paid for your likeness, you know, Universal would go, oh, shit, well, we can't actually sign you to this contract because Paramount owns your likeness. and and just rinse and repeat that for any studio that you go to. So your Hollywood career is basically fucked before it even gets started. So the fact that, so just taking out the concept of AI writing scripts, because I will tell you right now, an AI written script, holy shit, that sounds like the worst fucking thing in the world. But the concept of seeing these lifeless, faceless versions uh, of people who we know and respect and just seeing them as background uh, actors and actresses not being able to actually hone their craft and move forward and do these projects as they see fit. That's insane to me. It's really no different than when, you know, there are certain companies where, you know, they might say you can't sign up a competitor for this certain amount of time, which is bullshit, by the way. You know, you're a fucking person. You should be able to do whatever the hell you want once you leave that company. And so that alone, I cannot comprehend why people can't wrap their heads around why that's such a bad fucking idea and why that alone should be a reason to fucking start striking. So for those of you who are just putting your head in the sand and don't want to hear this shit, fuck off. (laughs) Honestly, fuck off. Because let's be real, Brad Pitt, if... He stopped from selling his likeness uh, or, or stopped from doing films because he already sold his likeness. We don't get Meet Joe Black. We don't get Legends of the Fall. We don't get him an interview with the vampire. There's no Seven. There's no 12 Monkeys. There's no There's no Fight Club. There's no... Fuck, there's no B- being John Malkovich. When, when he is in that. Don't forget. Uh, it's nuts to me. There, there's no Ocean's films. Because let's be real, Brad Pitt's such a huge part of those. Like, why is that? That is an an unfathomable thing for me to comprehend that people would be okay with that. And to really just kind of put a uh, a uh, exclamation point on this, um, my friend Chris uh, Chris Cox over at uh, One of he went ahead and shared something from a guy named. Uh, nick jack uh uh, papas and i want to go ahead and read this word for word uh hi y'all i wrote i write jokes for tv but not long ago i was a financial analyst for those who say fran drescher or any sag uh, dash a uh, aftra member should stop whining and appreciate what they have let me give you a lesson in capitalism the wga and sag uh, aftra are dealing mainly with publicly traded companies companies that have uh, fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. Netflix, for example, has 88.21% of their shares held by institutional investors, banks, hedge, fund, hedge funds, insurance companies, etc. This morning, and this would have been yesterday, Netflix stock hit a 52-week high. They made institutional investors alone $106 uh, 106 plus billion dollars this year. 106 billion. Fran Drescher for her entire life is worth $25 million. It's easy to get mad at Ted uh, Sorandos or David Zaslav or Bob Iger, but they get paid so much because their only job is to make rich people richer. The WGA and SAG AFTRA aren't fighting against rich CEOs. They're fighting against an entire system incentivized to exploit workers. A-list actors get paid so much because they're worth it. Someone has done the math. You don't have a poster of Bob Iger hanging in your room. You don't binge watch the entire show of Dave Zaslav. You don't go to Comic-Con to meet faceless billionaires. You pay to see stars. Not to mention that in reality, 87% of SAG uh, AFTRA union members don't qualify for hef- health insurance. How much do you have to make to qualify? $26,000 a year. These are working-class people just like you. The wealthiest 1% hold 53% of all stocks. The top 10% hold 88.6% of all stocks. Every dollar these media companies don't give to a writer, they hand to billionaires and millionaires. When you say actors and writers are spoiled, you're on the wrong side of history. And that right there is the giant point right there. At the end of the day, I think we all want to be on the right side of history, but if you think that these billionaires are the ones that need to be propped up and need to be celebrated, you're fucking wrong, which is why why the Elon Musk-Zuckerberg worship drives me insane. Seriously, these people aren't good, all right? So, at the end of the day, and the last thing I'll say before I get out of here, I think COVID was terrible. COVID's still a thing, by the way, but lockdown was terrible for a lot of reasons. But if there's a positive that came out of COVID, I do believe it's that people are starting to finally realize what they're worth and what they're willing to put up with for the sake of a check. And at the end of the day, you deserve to be paid fairly for what you do. You really shouldn't, the fact that there are people who have to work two jobs is fucking absurd. Whether it's a teacher, pardon me, whether whether it's a teacher who, you know, who Ubers at night, (coughs) not something you should have to do. You should be paid well enough as a teacher to go ahead and live live comfortably. If you're writing for one of these Disney Plus shows that's getting millions of viewing uh, viewing hours on it you should be paid in your royalties and for your initial work fairly so that you can live comfortably considering how much these actors and these CEOs and everything are making and the fact that people don't understand that that's not the problem of Hollywood that's the problem of you and your ignorance so yeah I went way longer in this than I was intending to but I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up there but um, Everyone, uh, to everyone who is striking, to everyone who's striking, uh, I hope the strike doesn't last long. I hope you're able to get back to work. I hope that you are able to work this out and figure out what you deserve and that you are paid and compensated the way you should be and that these writers, like, man, I pray these writers are just pushed to the moon and that they're looked upon as the true, as the true valuable pieces in this giant Hollywood machine that they are. Because without scripts, we don't have anything at the end of the day. So, and let me just say too, uh, when VFX writer, uh, when VFX uh, uh, artists go on strike, because that is coming too, when you look at, when you just Google quickly the uh, working conditions on something like Across the Spider-Verse, you're gonna see that that's that's coming next and you know what hollywood i've said it for years on the show hollywood has been long overdue for a reckoning and so you know what good this has been long overdue and i'm happy it's happening it's finally happening now but uh yeah everyone you can go ahead uh please don't forget to like share and subscribe you can find the podcast uh, pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts, to name a few at the Real Pineapple. Don't forget to like both of our pages on Facebook at the Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. That is our E E L Pineapple. Don't forget to follow yours truly on the Twitter, Instagram, and uh oh gosh, where else can you find me? Uh TikTok at uh, J Hunter real Pineapple. that again is r-e-e-l pineapple you can go ahead and follow me on twitch at twitch.tv slash pineapple like i said i will be streaming starting next month in august so i will keep y'all updated on when i will be streaming i'm really excited to get into that and then don't forget to follow the show on youtube uh go ahead and subscribe there you can find us just search the real pineapple uh i'm almost caught up on our backlog we've got quite a few things on the channel now but our new releases are being uploaded there as well as our old stuff so soon i will be completely caught up and everything will be on the youtube channel as well but thank you so much for listening everyone uh we'll have reviews up soon for a barbie an unauthorized uh, biography i'm really excited to bring that to y'all and i have an interview uh, that corresponds with it I'm not gonna see Oppenheimer in theaters because, to be quite frank, I'm still pissed off at Christopher Nolan for Tenet, so I'm gonna wait until it comes out on digital. I will watch it at home. Plus, it's three hours, so I'm damn sure watching it at home. But I will have a review up for Barbie the week of the 28th or the weekend of the 28th. I uh, I promised some friends I'd go see it with them, so got away on that review for a little bit, but. Uh, this upcoming week, we'll have reviews for uh, The Starling Girl, which I'm really excited about. That is currently on Prime Video, so you should be able to uh, rec- record that. You should be able to rent that, buy it. Uh, I would highly recommend checking it out, but my full review will be up here uh, soon this week, as well as a review for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part Uno. That will be live as well. But uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon.